This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making us a part of your morning routines. It's very much appreciated. And I hope you've had a very good week uh, as well so far. We've nearly made it to the end. And uh, it's my day off today as well. So I'm, I'm enjoying myself today. I'm going to get out, play around have some chill, you know, all that lovely stuff. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. So, Jalali, Martin, Errol, Pinnyween, David, uh, Craig. We've got Baba. We've got Rich, Wendy, Richard, Morgie, Glenn. Uh, we've got Steve as well. Uh, FPL, Cosmos, Stephen, Olatunde, Maximius, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you, everyone, as always, for tuning in means the world it means absolutely everything that you do uh so thank you uh thank you to everyone for doing so um we have got to talk about quite a few stories this morning and obviously we'll be tackling your questions in part two as well so let's make sure that we uh let's make sure that we do that right uh phil says justice for morgan hand the picture the picture is hung it's not hung in here but it is it is in the home, so don't you worry. The picture is uh, the picture is up, Phil. You can stop worrying now. Right, let's uh, let's crack on with today's stories, shall we? Uh, Alessia Russo, first of all, uh, sending England to a World Cup final. What a performance from England to knock Australia out of the World Cup. Sorry to our Australian listeners. Um, apologies uh, for England's uh, victory here. But certainly Alessia Russo sending England to a World Cup final uh, is an amazing achievement uh, for the, the squads um, and for women's football in the country. It's brilliant. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully, them lift the trophy on Sunday against Spain. Very, very difficult team. But as European champions, you'd hope that England are indeed uh, the favourites going into that game. And uh, let's see if it finally is uh is coming home let's see if it is indeed coming home uh sani kazola has joined boyhood club real oviedo 20 years after leaving the club 20 years incredible uh my favorite emirates era player my favorite um just just magician of with the ball what an amazing player he is. It's a lovely kit as well. I'm very tempted to get a Santi Cazorla Real Oviedo shirt. I think it would be a nice left field uh, pick uh, for this season's choice. And uh, certainly uh, it's amazing to see him playing. So at 38 years of age, 
He's absolutely brilliant. And uh, he won't be going into coaching just yet. He does have ambitions to go into coaching. So let's see if uh, indeed that turns into something with Arsenal in the future. But Santi Cazorla, still playing at the age of 38, has moved now to Real Oviedo. Now, from some what is, we would say, good news to sadly some bad news, uh, Urian Timber, uh, the confirmation of the ACL injury and the need for surgery has effectively ruled the player out of the majority of potentially the entirety of this season. Uh, really frustrating, sad situation for Urian Timber. Um, and Arsenal, in terms of what they might do in reaction to this, we're going to have to wait and see because we ultimately don't know. Um, it's very, very difficult to look into uh, a situation whereby we are going to be without a key player. Um, and that is a real, real frustration um, for us. And I, yeah, it is ultimately what it is um, with, with, with Timber and, and we move. But uh, we wish him the speediest of recoveries. I don't feel like I've actually recovered from this news. Uh, still, I feel like this is very, very much a, um, I don't want to use the word, kind of, because I've compared it to the Kevin De Bruyne injury, and a lot of people really went for me in the comment section for that, but I, I don't care, because <laughs> I, I do genuinely believe it to be as big of a blow uh, for us. It's huge. It is a monumental blow for Arsenal. If you think about the fact that the reason why we lost the title last season was because we didn't have the depth with Saliba and Tommy Asu when they were out, We've added that player and we've lost him. You've lost the player that you've brought in as the plan to stop a title collapse potentially from happening. So if you want to try and tell me that that's not as big of a blow as Man City losing someone like De Bruyne, the player that was brought in to help stop a title collapse, for me, it is as big as City losing De Bruyne. I'm not saying he's as good of a player. I'm talking about contextually what this means for Arsenal. Positively, though, Martin Odegaard's talks are ongoing for the player and over a new contract. Uh, I reported this some time ago. Uh, I think it was toward the end of June. I think I've forgotten when I first talked about this, but Arsenal behind the scenes have been talking uh, with Odegaard's people and there has been significant progress in that. And there's hope that Odegaard will indeed renew his contract with Arsenal. Uh, club captain, of course, loves it here. Very happy at Arsenal. And the club wants to continue with Martin Odegaard into the future. So his contract talks are now uh, in full swing and ongoing. And hopefully we get a positive update on that very, very soon. Arsenal and Nottingham Forest are in talks to try and agree a deal for Nuno Tavares. Uh, Portuguese youth international, of course, um, is incredibly important for us. We need to make sure that we are moving on these players as soon as possible so that we can then redirect any potential funds into new moves as well. Um, Holding, meanwhile, is also expected to leave the club at some stage as well. So fingers crossed. Um, you know, I'm really, really hoping that we can find uh, a solution to both these players. There is some discrepancy in the Tavares uh, Forest talks. Uh, Fabrizio Romano suggesting it's a permanent discussion going on. Other outlets, to, uh, Sky Sports suggesting it's a loan discussion with an option to buy. I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, who ends up being right. But there is some discrepancies in the description of that Nuno Tavares situation. But uh, Certainly the player is on the transfer list of Arsenal and they'll be hoping to get a fee for the player very, very soon. A squad that is bloated with 32 players now at senior level. 
Arsenal need to make sure that they're moving on players relatively quickly. Newcastle have agreed a fee with uh, Chelsea uh, for Lewis Hall, the left-back slash left-wing-back. Uh, and Aston Villa are now looking at Acuna, which means that a knock-on effect to Kieran Tierney is that it's unlikely that Kieran Tierney will be pursued by either of Villa or Newcastle now at this stage. Arsenal finding it difficult, it seems, to get a, get you know um, any significant amount of funds in for Tierney, which I think for those that have been saying that Arsenal need to be getting like 40-odd million quid for Kieran Tierney, this is a bit of a grounding moment um, for that side of the argument. If, if he is this all-powerful, all-great player, you know, there is a real distinct lack of interest from clubs in Kieran Tierney this window. Um, and I think that kind of tells you where we're at with Kieran Tierney in regards to the thoughts about his injury record, how fit he might be, the consistency that he will bring. Um, and yet clubs, you know, are more uh, keen on looking at players like Marcus Acuna and Lewis Hall at this stage. And in fact, Newcastle might agree a deal that would be more expensive than the figure of £25 million that Arsenal supposedly want for Kieran Tierney as well. It is proving difficult to sell him. And maybe that is a bit of an enlightening uh, part of this situation for people. But uh, Arsenal will still hope to move on, Tierney. But it might be just a loan. We know that Raul Sociedad are very interested, but only on a loan deal. So let's wait and see if there's any changes between now and the end of the window. West Ham, we know that are a club that still have an interest in Tierney. So let's wait and see what happens there. Um, but that is all of uh, today's stories, uh, bar two more. Uh, and I think that if my laptop wants to work, there we go. We can tell you what those last two are. For some reason, it went all blank screen. I was like, hold on. I'm sure we're not done. We're not done. Uh, Al Nasser have agreed a deal with Manchester City to sign Emmerich Laporte, despite the fact that Arsenal were indeed linked with him as well. City, however, uh, they're not done with these negotiations because supposedly Real Madrid are also interested in the 29-year-old. The fee is expected to be around £15.6 million for the 29-year-old. Seems quite cheap, um, but uh, Al Nasser uh, have agreed a deal with City, but the player is still yet to decide his location. And the headline story regarding a potential transfer is according to Sports in Spain. Arsenal are indeed set to battle Barcelona to try and sign Joao Cancelo. Barcelona lead the race. Barcelona are the player's preferred destination. But there are issues with whether or not Barcelona can afford Joao Cancelo, whether or not they can convince the player on a personal term side of things to join the club. And Arsenal are kind of lingering, if you like, in the background and waiting to see if they might move themselves for the Portuguese international. So let's wait and see what happens. Right, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. T Down Under, thank you so much for becoming a member. Um, I can only assume that potentially, and this might be wrong, uh, that you are an Australia uh, supporter of the channel, in which case commiserations um, for the elimination from the World Cup. Yesterday, I saw another comment, Dan, suggesting, I thought this is an Arsenal channel made of different nationalities. Why do we mention the England victory 
Well, because Alessio Russo, who is an Arsenal player, scored the winning goal. So there you go. There's your answer. Goodness me. Some comments honestly make me really scramble my head sometimes. Um, Yasser says, would like us to be more aggressive and go all in this year. Go back to market for another inverted option. Cancelo. Uh, placard. Placard? Is that Pavard? Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that's Pavard. I can get a placard with Pavard on it if you would like, but uh, uh, I'm sure that's who you mean. Uh, Hatterbor, or I think is the Atalanta Dutch player. I haven't really heard too much about him recently. I know he was highly rated a few years ago, but not so much now. Castagna as a potential another one uh, and try to get Joao Felix on loan as well. Uh, Ashish says, Tom, instead of Timber's replacement, shouldn't we be considering another midfielder with Rice, Jorginho and Partey in our ranks? An injury to any of them could leave us in a challenging position. Um, I think that we've got a lot of depth uh, at six. Rice, Jorginho, Partey for one position. There's loads of depth there. Um, I don't think we necessarily need a midfielder the same way that some people do. Um, but for me, it should be a right back being targeted, right back slash centre back, kind of that hybrid role that Simakan, as Tristan points out, and then a right winger uh, that's got scope to play further forwards as well. Did a piece yesterday looking at the potential alternatives to um, to Mohamed Kudus, if it's not him. Talked about uh, Adam Hlozek at Bayer Leverkusen. Talked about, who else did I talk about? He's going to get the piece up as well. Uh, Nico Williams, Athletic Club. And there was one more. Uh, Pedro Neto, I actually discussed as well. as maybe a potential option that Arsenal might go back for after being interested last summer. So there you go. Um, Akmal says, can Timber be removed from the 25-man Premier League squad if we're expecting him to not play at all this season? It's a really good question, Akmal, actually. Uh, I believe the registration takes place at the end of the summer. There's another registration period, of course, in January. So, yes, that's a really good point, is that Timber will not need to be registered. Um, so, yes, Akmal, I, I guess that you're right. And a really, really good point. Well thought. Uh, Henkeho says, what would you think uh, Arsenal are willing to go up price-wise for Cancelo? 50 million? I doubt it would be that much. I think you'd be looking at around a 30 million pound figure, to be honest, because of how want away uh, we are in a situation with City and Cancelo. So I don't think it would be that much money. Uh, Gunnar Jay says, Tom, with Chelsea selling their academy players for wild amounts, do you think that we should market our players better? Like, would we get 30 million for Rule Waters? No, we absolutely wouldn't. But I mean, if you have a look at Lewis Hall, for instance, uh, let's just go on to his uh, transfer marks profile. Um, he has played so far. So a quick look. Uh, nine Premier League games, uh, two FA Cup games, one EFL Cup game as well. He's got, you know, we're talking double digit senior appearances for Chelsea. Raw Waters on a competitive level doesn't have any. And it's kind of this, if you like, kind of contradiction, because I agree that I think we should be better at trying to market some of our younger players. Um, but at the same time, you also got to think about the fact that if we start Raw Waters in a game, who who's going to drop out? Like, are we are we dropping Ben White to play Waters in a game? It's difficult. You also have to remember that last season, Chelsea's season went so downhill that they then started having an opportunity to use loads of youth players and throw youth players like Lewis Hall into the team and get them Premier League experience. So it's very very difficult um, to kind of see that same. But I do agree that Arsenal should try and do more to market their young players better. But 
given them Premier League appearances, there's a contradiction because we want us to play the best team. And if we drop points and we've played Royal Waters, the, the question mark will be, why did we play Royal Waters in a Premier League game? We need to make sure that we win them. I think you can put them on the bench and you could bring them on more. Um, but that is about it in regards to Arsenal and using youth players at a competitive level. Cup games, I think, is the best opportunity, of course, though. Um, Krosh says, uh, Tom, as much as I want to see England ladies win, I'll be gutted that Leah Williamson and Beth Mead won't get a winner's medal yet. Tell me about it. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday saying about how great it is that England got to a final despite being without such key players like Mead and Williamson. And I remember, I think it was Lauren Koscielny talking about how he was injured and missed the um, missed the World Cup when France won it and what that did to him mentally. And you got a feel for, for Leah and Beth when, you know, thinking about if England were to win the World Cup, how they would have missed it. Obviously, Beth was a big part of the European Championships and hopefully she's fit again uh, for the next uh, opportunity to win a major tournament as well. But yeah, I would absolutely be thinking of them. Uh, if England do win, because it will be a sad uh, moment for them and also an amazing moment as well, because, you know, they were part of it, just not part of the, the tournament. Uh, Rizo says, how highly do Arsenal rate Waters and Souza? For as Nader is the same age, shouldn't we give them a chance rather than sign someone like him? Probably, yes. And they do rate them very highly. They are very appreciated. Fresnader's obviously played plenty more at his age at senior level, which makes him a little bit more desirable. And, you know, the feeling that you could rely on them somewhat more than you could do Sosa and Waters. But that is a bit down to Arsenal, as we've just discussed. We probably need to be using them also. Uh, Reese says Hutchinson going to Ipswich Town. Yeah, I mean, Hutchinson must be looking at that now and going, why on earth did I move to Chelsea? Why did I do that? Harris uh, says, does Cancelo really fit our system? Question marks on his defending. We already have Zinni, who is good going forwards, but not the best at defending. Um, Cancelo, I think, stylistically suits things, but you're right to point out there is a deficiency in his game, which is defensively. Um, but if Arsenal are dominating the ball so much, does that matter? Would you use him in games where his defensive deficiencies are highlighted more? So would you start him against Man City? Probably not, no. So I think that maybe you could use him in a lot of the games in the Premier League season, but in some of the big, big games, maybe you go a little bit more conservative in your selection. Um, John says, hi, Tom. Could it be the greater physicality of the Premier League that breaks players? Timber coming from a low physicality playing for Ajax straight into the deep end of the Premier League level of physicality. The Eretavizi is relatively physical still. You know, Don't underestimate how physical it is. It's like a lot of people underestimate how physical the French League is as well. It's an ACL injury. These things are extremely unfortunate. Like They are spontaneous things at times. And, you know, uh, certainly as someone, as I've mentioned before, who suffered it myself, I know how spontaneous they are. Never, ever have had any issues before. And all of a sudden it just goes. So uh, it's not necessarily, I don't think, to do with the physicality. The only thing that I think there's ever been talked about with any kind of credence or credibility is the, the the frequency of games but we've just come off the back of a pre-season with no summer tournament i just think it's really really unlucky really really unlucky uh for words is tom are you not slightly worried about our lack of significant sales over the years and especially us being one of the highest net spenders over the past couple of years yeah it's something that we need to improve on what i would say is that you know, Chelsea have been able to sell players a lot more in a recent time because they've bought a silly amount of players. So they've got those assets to sell, like Koulibaly, like Havertz, like Mendy, you know, all the other players that they're trying to move on. Hakim <laughs> Ziyech, who can't pass a medical right now. Um, whereas Arsenal's turnover of players is not necessarily as high um, as Chelsea's. 
But the problem is, is that Arsenal are struggling to sell players for good fees because of previous recruitment strategies. We've sold players for profits this window. You think about Turner, you think about Trusty. Uh, we've sold Xhaka for a very, very good fee at £21.5 million seven years after he signed for more than half of what we paid for him. We've made £40 million quid's worth on players this summer. We could end up making a lot of money on the following Balogun situation, hopefully as well, should there be any movement there in the next week or so. Kieran Tierney, fingers crossed, maybe we can get a good amount of money for him as well. If not, we'll send him on loan and bring him back in 2024 with two years left on his deal and hopefully get a good fee in that year. Um, so I think there is still scope for Arsenal to make plenty of money this window, but it's it's it is difficult for Arsenal because they're in a different situation than Chelsea and they haven't had the same assets. I think there is definitely kind of a misconception around Chelsea and Liverpool to some degree as well. And look, I mean, Liverpool doing business this summer, they tried to sign Caicedo, they tried to sign Lavia, failed with both, and now they're moving for Endo of Stuttgart. You know, people lord Liverpool's recruitment. But I can't help but think if this was Arsenal, if we'd have missed out on Declan Rice and then missed out on Lavia, if we ended up going for Endo of Stuttgart. You know, I think he's a good player. If anyone that's actually watched him knows how consistent he is. But he is 30 years of age. He's only going in one direction, really. And he's only going to give you a certain level of performance. If that was Arsenal doing that deal, can you imagine the meltdown associated with it? So, yeah, uh, very, very interesting indeed. Um Elbatch says, how much do you think the medical staff are to blame with Timber's injury? Zero. Um, absolutely nothing. There's nothing to say about the medical staff at all. As I said before, it's an ACL injury that is incredibly spontaneous and happens. There was an issue in the first half, and I said that if anyone want to point the finger anywhere, you might point it at Mikel Arteta saying, you've got the depth, you've got Kivior, you've got Tomiyasu. You know, if you've had an issue with Timber in the first half, don't risk it, get him off. You've got the you have two new up as well, so no zero percent towards the uh, the uh, to the medical stuff because the ACL goes in the second half. It doesn't go in the first half. It goes in the second half. So no, anyone pointing any fingers with any kind of frustration or anger at the medical staff, you know, I think you need to do a bit of research into what ACLs are because no, there is no finger pointing to be done at the medical staff in any which way, shape, or form. Um, Prog says Endo is a solid player with a good end product. <laughs> um, but yeah, never thought he was world-class by any metric. Uh, LMS says people are mocking Liverpool like crazy uh, online for that as well. They are, but I'm just trying to use that context if it was Arsenal. You know, if it was Arsenal, can you imagine our fan base if we'd have done that deal? Absolutely mental. Uh, Walk says, I don't see how we can buy more defenders knowing Tavares Suarez. Tierney and Holding with no clear locations for them at the moment. Well, Tavares is, to be fair. It looks very likely he might move off to Nottingham Forest. Holding, Tierney and Cedric, though, very, very much so not in the same bracket. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, of course, we are different. We haven't got business interests in Saudi and Chelsea have unloaded players there as well. Also very, very true. The links to Saudi and Chelsea are now relatively well established and that has helped them to move players on at that level of money as well. Um, Len says players who never got injured come to Arsenal and they are then injury prone. Again, it's just misfortune. I mean, we've had it with Thomas Partey who never was injured before moving to Arsenal and then sadly has had these issues. You don't blame the medical staff though. Like, these guys are professionals. They are experts in their field. They have to do years and years and years of training and exams and studying 
and then somebody online thinks that they're in a position to turn around and say, I think I could be critical of the medical staff. I don't think they're good enough. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got a clue. I've got a clue how any of the body science works at all. So, yeah, no, no one can blame, um, you know, <laughs> no one can blame the medical staff at all. Um, Esmond says, uh, do you think we'll buy a left back, right wing or centre forward for these two positions or all of them? I think we'll get one more. I'd be overjoyed if we get two. And I hope it's a right back and a, a right winger. That's what I hope that we do between now and the end of the window. Um, Akron says, Xhaka was never injured and still never injured. Yeah, and that's the point. It's like, yes, we've had players like Partey that didn't have injuries and came into the squad have never been injured uh, but we've all, uh, and then got injured, sorry. We've also had players that have hardly ever had an injury. I think Xhaka had one knee issue the season before last that was a real like impact moment that he recovered from and then was fine from afterwards. Martin Odegaard had injury issues when he joined Arsenal. He had ankle issues, and we've barely had been without Martin Odegaard. You know, those issues have, have arguably kind of improved significantly. We always talk about the negatives and players that get injured more, but we don't actually address the players that don't get injured. You know, so I think there is something to be said about that. Um, and uh, as as Ainsley points out, medical staff need to be at the absolute top level of their game to get a job at a club like Arsenal in the first place. It does always, always baffle me when people have like the the level of front. And I was one of those people back in the day because I was you know young and immature and I didn't recognise the actual smart of the uh, position. But how anyone can turn around and put a finger at the medical staff who are like trained professionals. You know, it always staggers, uh, always staggers me. Uh, Phil says, it's time for my weekly lineup prediction question again, Tom. Starting lineup against Palace. Tune in for the live preview show in a couple of days. Actually, probably tomorrow, Phil, we'll be doing our preview show. So make sure, mate, you tune in for that one. Um, yeah, I will touch wood regarding that Erdegaard injury comments. There you go. We've uh, we've touched wood there. Uh, KSS says, Tom, did you see the Raya content from the club showing his first day? The second scene was him going for a scam when he entered the building, Arsenal saying, hey, we check as soon as they arrive. Yeah, that, that's the medical process. You know, they, they always have to check if there's any underlying issues, if they can detect anything that's been hidden. Um, so, yeah, they, they always check. It's, that's part of the medical process uh Elbat says sorry wrong end of the stick i meant the decision to keep him on the in the first half i am not pointing fingers at the medical staff per se i thought the comment said about the medical staff um hold on the first question was how much do you think the medical staff are to blame regards to timber's injury uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but that does look like you're pointing the finger at the medical staff. Um, but the first half, as I said, it's not on the medical team. If they've cleared him and they think he's fine, okay. But then it's still down to the coach, in my opinion, to say, you know, we're two new up. We've got the depth. Just take him off. It's really easy to say, I know, with the benefit of hindsight. I get that. But, you know, I, I just think that there's, you know, you have the depth there. Why not take it off? You know, why not take them off when you have the opportunity to do that and you've got depth in that position as well. Just a bit of breaking news for you this morning. Um, the Daily Mail uh, says that Fulham are considering a move to sign following Balogun. I mean, I'm just going to put this out there, but I think if you've been listening to this show for a few weeks, did I or did I not say that Fulham might be a team that come in for following Balogun? I know people were saying, well, no one, no one's going to pay you know, 50 million quid. There's no one around that might pay that amount of money. And I said, well, Brentford, Fulham, 
Palace, West Ham. I'm looking at these teams. I'm thinking if there aren't going to be a Premier League team that come in to pay for a player, Fulham might be one of those. I mean, how much is Mitrovic being sold for? Uh, so just have a quick look. Um, how much are they going to sell him for? Fulham rejected a £25.5 million bid. Um, but having wrapped up that deal, they're understood to be very optimistic about landing him. There's no suggestions about how much he might cost. Uh, Al Halal make fresh £46 million bid for Alexander Mitrovic. So, yeah, they have some money. <laughs> yeah, Fulham have money if they want to try and go after uh, following Balogun. So, £46 million to, uh, to for Mitrovic. So, there you go. They could, you never know, come in to try and sign uh, Balogun indeed, it seems. And I did say that Fulham might be one of those teams to keep an eye on uh, when it came to uh, when it came to following Balogun, so there you go. Um, Yasser says, "I don't blame Arsenal for Timber's injury. In general, I believe Arteta should be more proactive through his replacements. He often waits for the opponent to make the first changes. Uh, <laughs> control freak. I mean, I'm pretty sure most managers are probably control freaks. To be fair, uh, Cody says, Tom, any chance that we sign Ansu Fati? I think that he came out saying he wants to leave. Yes, there are reports suggesting he does want to leave." Barcelona. Do Arsenal go for him? He's got a really significant injury record. Um, I think it would be a big, big risk, but maybe one that pays off. Very, very difficult to, to judge, though, and it would be a risk, that's for sure. Um, Naz says, hey, Tom, good to meet you the other day. Good to meet you too, my friends. I've been very down since the Timber news. Feel there is not another defender out there in Europe available similar to him, just gutted. Yeah, and that is the truth. There isn't too many out there, if any, that are very similar. I like Benjamin Henricks. I like Mohamed Simakan. Either of those two I'd love to see Arsenal go after as a potential replacement. Uh, Dan says, Tom, is there any chance that Zinni comes back and puts a few fans at ease or Zinchenko comes back and we realise how good Timber was? No, I think more likely to be the first. Zinchenko was absolutely paramount to our season last year and having him available was a big, big plus. So fingers crossed we'll have Zinchenko available very, very soon indeed. Um, John says, I'm with Tom on Timber. He should have been protected by taking him off at the first injury. The bench had options to use and those players deserved minutes as well. Um, Kish says, how much would Simakan be worth? Probably about £35 million. pounds. You'd probably be looking at a deal around that kind of figure for him, which I think would be worth it. I think that he comes in and can be like depth at right centre-back and at right back. So I think he offers you loads of depth in two different positions. So I'd be very open to seeing uh, Simakan join Arsenal. Um, Jay says, hey, Tom, did you see that Santi's revealing of his new video uh, for the new club? They had an Arsenal top on the wagon. Yeah, great Lord of the Rings reference there uh, for Santi Casola. They did have an Arsenal badge. They also, as they were announcing it, did a really nice kind of thing of the stadiums he's played at and the Emirates obviously featured as well. And that was really, really nice to see. Um, Arnold says, everyone, including Brighton, is after Balogun. Brighton has the best scouting team. Why are we not making him our striker? It makes no sense. Uh, we can't guarantee him minutes. He's not shown the particularly the best attitude in the world in some of the interviews that he's had. And he's done nothing at Arsenal. Brighton, I also haven't yet seen really push for him, Arnold, to be fair. Brighton have been mentioned as a club, but Brighton also has Raul Pedro, Danny Welbeck and Evan Ferguson. I haven't seen anything really to suggest that Brighton are really interested in Balogun either. So I'm not sure that one necessarily fits. 
Uh, Maximus says, Tom, do you think Timber already had his knee operated on? I don't think the club will take time uh, setting things right with him. Recuperating and physio will be taking part of time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been scheduled to happen either today or has already happened. They're usually pretty fast with these types of things to get those players uh, sorted in the best way possible. Um, Esmond says, it's annoying when people talk about the Saudi money. It is their money. They want to promote the league, the same as Real, Barcelona, Man United and Chelsea and many European clubs have been doing it for a long time. I I've said before, you know, I've had no qualms if any player wants to move to Saudi, the amount of money that they're being offered. The money-wise, it's life-changing. You talk about players like the amount of money that they get over the course of a season and these types of deals can set them up for the rest of their lives. Their lifestyle has changed over the course of their career when they earn that amount of money. Their expenses, of course, go up at the same time. And someone like Jordan Henderson going and quadrupling his money changes not only his life for the rest of his life, but his children's lives, their children's lives going into the future. And, you know, I can't necessarily begrudge that decision for an aspect of money. I can't begrudge the Saudi league either for wanting to bring the best players there is no nothing to stop them um for there is nothing to stop them from spending that money um you know so i mean fifa want them to do it because of the club world cup of the situation you know the club world cup they want to expand they want to make it a more competitive tournament and if they've got another nation outside of europe that is very competitive that is going to help them to be able to do that so you know it's it's ultimately uh, for FIFA's benefit. You know, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just explaining to you the situation as to why that's happened. Um, and they have no FFP, as Rizo points out, either. So that doesn't stop them anyway. Uh, Nick says, Timber was just unfortunate. In reality, this has been a great window for us so far. And if we also have to sign another striker, this would have been one of the best windows we have had in at least a decade. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think some people will start like knocking off numbers from their ratings of how good of a window this has been if we don't sign a defender. Um, you know, I think we do need to sign a defender. Uh, and I think the window has been, you know, very, very good. And I think we were like really only one, maybe two signings away, probably just one if T uh, Timber had been fit from this being a near perfect window, if we'd been able to move out the likes of Cedric and Holding, et cetera, as well. So, yeah, it does suck. It really, really does suck. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Ralph says, Hall for 35 million. Do we need to promote our youth and loan players more? Because Chelsea and City admittedly have the best youth teams and they're getting a lot more for their youth products in general than we are. They are. And uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier on in the show. The way you do that is by playing them. Um, and last season, Chelsea were able to use players like Hall a lot more because they had nothing to fight for. They were languishing in mid-table and Arsenal were fighting for a title. And had we have brought in Raw Waters for that game against Man City, like so many I saw suggesting, and it was mad to think that you would bring Raw Waters in for that game against Man City over Rob Holding in that game. You know, just crazy. But... We can use them now in cup competitions. We should try and use them more. Um, and we should look to get better loan deals if we can for some of those players. Of course, we've seen Marquinhos go out on loan now. This will be his second loan. Let's see if he does really well in France. Maybe we had to get ourselves a significant sale of Marquinhos. But we can do better with this. That is certainly an area that we need to be better at is showcasing some of our youth players in better ways as well. But there is part of me that thinks, like, I don't really know why someone like Charlie Patino, who we all really rate very highly, you know, we all rate incredibly well. But for some reason, the only offer on the table in the summer, really, that he wanted to move for was a loan move for Swansea. Like, are we overrating these players ourselves? You know, is Charlie Patino only worthy of a loan move to Swansea and now has a year left on his contract? 
is it us? You know, is it us? So let's wait and see what happens. Um, let's go to Phil says, should we start Balogun, Pepe, Lukonga, Tavares and Cedric against Palace to showcase their abilities and add to their value? And this is kind of what we're discussing. Is like, how can you add to those players' values when they're just not good enough? You know, there is also something to be said, something to be said about that. Um, let's go to Esmail. So, so every time a player limps off in the first half, we take them off well. How many players should we then take off? Injury happens. They would have to check that he is okay and the player would have felt okay. If a player limps off in the first half and you're 2-0 up and you've got two competent options, yes, is my answer. Now, there are some players in the team, like Bakaya Saka, for instance, who you might be a little bit more, you know, lenient towards. Now, remember that the timber situation is spontaneous. The second injury is completely spontaneous. It's nothing to do with the first one, to my understanding. It's a complete freak accidental injury that obviously would have been avoided. But if a player limps off, which is usually a pretty good indication of an issue anyway, and you've got depth and you're winning the game, yeah. Yes, Esmail. I think you do. You take them off. I think you've been you've kind of answered your own question there. Um LMS says, I feel that we need an eight, Benacer or Barella. Benacer, yeah, because Spurs are going to sell him. Uh, Barella, again, I just way too expensive. Don't see that one happening. Uh, Lynn says, I'm not against players going to Saudi, but I am against nothing uh, the coming into the clubs and prizing the best players away just for money after they have worked hard to play in the best league in the world. That's down to the player, though, isn't it? Not no, Lynn. Like, it's down to the player, and that's their player's own decision um about whether or not they move it's their choice you know the player doesn't have to move if they don't want to no one's gone to Saudi Arabia um from any league that I've seen that said I'm going because I'm being forced to you know if there's any evidence to the contrary I'd love to see it but the player are choosing to go there so you know it's it's, it's difficult to, to kind of get on board with the idea that um you know, they're, they're prizing them away and they've worked hard to get there. Well, they have worked hard, you're right, to get there. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's their choice. So, yeah, very, very, very difficult. Um, Arnold says, Newcastle got Tonali because Barella cost 60 million and was deemed too much. Barella is much higher rated than Tonali. Arsenal should get Barella now and we're genuine Champions League contenders. I don't think so. I, I don't think Barella certainly turns Arsenal into Champions League contenders because, you know, in a midfield three of Erdegaard, Rice and Partey, he doesn't start. Like, he doesn't start over Rice. He doesn't start over Partey. He doesn't start over Erdegaard. He's more of a box-to-box player. So he would be playing against Rice. He doesn't start for us if we have our best three in midfield. So I don't really see how Barella turns us into title challenges when he doesn't actually start for us. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with that one. Um, Paul says, will we ever get big fees for our under-21s if they never play in EPL games to showcase their abilities? Lewis will impress for Chelsea, hence his fee now. I mean... Are we also forgetting that Lewis Hall is probably better is better than Raw Waters? He's better than Lino Souza. He's better than Brook Norton Cuffey. Lewis Hall is a very good player, very good youngster, and has impressed at Premier League level. And I know the argument is that well, Raw Waters hasn't been given the opportunity to do so at a Premier League level. But let's not like let's not beat around the bush. Hall's better than them. Hall is a better player than them, and that's why he's been able to get into the Premier League team, and that's why he's been able to play and impress. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give opportunities to Walters. I think we should. And when we play the first round of the uh, um, like the FA Cup or the the league uh, the league cup, when we get into those competitions, I think you should play if you've got an opportunity. If you're going up against a team like further down, 
the, the leagues or whatever, start Walters. Give him a chance. I've no issue with that at all. But let's not pretend like Hall is not a very good young player. Um, I think we very quickly kind of have this arrogance about us to kind of, oh, it's only Hall. How are they getting 35 minutes? Well, because he's really good. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a really good player. So I, I don't necessarily get that. Who starts a left back for Palace? Isn't it Mitchell? Tyrick Mitchell, isn't that it? I think uh, Palace fixtures. Look, who is Bukasaka going up against on Monday night? Or oh, their 1 0 win over Sheffield United? It was Tyrick Mitchell. Yeah. Um, so that is who Sack will be going up against on Monday night. Um, let's go to Mr. Jack says, Will Gabriel be dropped more frequently or timber injury will increase? I think probably the latter. I think it will increase his game time, to be fair. I think you're more likely to see more of. Um, uh, more of him. Uh, Oki says, Barella doesn't start for Arsenal. He's a better eight currently than Rice and Havertz. He scores and assists. I wouldn't start him over Rice. I'd start him over Havertz, sure. But Havertz doesn't start in my best midfield three. My best midfield is Partey, Rice and Odegaard. And just because someone scores and assists more doesn't necessarily mean they're a better player for the team overall. He scores and assists more in that inter side. There's a big focus on Barella. Put him into the Arsenal team instead of Rice. He might score more goals and assist more goals than Rice. But the overall performance and output of the team and the overall results across a season, I guarantee you'd be worse with Barella in the side over Declan Rice. Just putting that out there. I'd rather start Rice over Barella any day. Uh, God's Power says, our players, our players are prone to injury because our opponents target them with the intention of injuring them. Even the refs aren't protecting them. And our Saka is always targeted without the refs giving fouls. I think the ref is, I think Saka's getting more protection. There is also something to be said that he is just going to get kicked. There is just a reality that he's so good. He's so good at skipping past players that they are going to go in late with challenges. He does need to see protection. Absolutely. But there is part of it, you know, that also, um, it's just the, uh, for me anyway that he is ultimately going to get kicked. Uh, Lewis says, "Not your brightest point, Tom. If a player limps off, whether he plays on is a professional judgment which you have counselled against. There's a contradiction there. Uh, what is the contradiction? I think there's a judgment to be made on the context of the situation. If a player limps off and you decide to play on with that player, yes, the judgment has been made." The argument I am making is that the player limping off when you have the opportunity in a game against Nottingham Forest to bring on one of two very good options when you're leading a game, it just makes sense. And as I have, you know, I have also highlighted the fact that this is really easy to say with the benefit of hindsight. So I'm not sure I really get where the contradiction is. Though. You may need to explain that a little bit more coherently. Uh, Phil says, any chance Mbappe signs of us? No. Uh, Maya says, I think Saka is the only one who gets a bit of protection. Um, maybe so. Maybe Gabriel Martinelli uh, is, is the one that does it now. And it's all the focus uh, is, on, is on Saka. But I think Martinelli does really, really well to skip away from players. So let's... Let's wait and see. Um, Kish says, should Nelson uh, not be considered good enough to be the Saka competition, uh, especially after a new contract? No, not necessarily. Just because you sign a new contract doesn't mean you're necessarily good enough to be Saka's competition. Saka is world-class, like to the highest degree. He's probably the best right winger in the Premier League. Whoever we bring into that right wing slot is not going to be on the same level as Saka. Nelson is just not on the same level as Saka at the end of the day. Um and at the end of the day, Reese Nelson is going to be 
a level away from Saka or more than one level away. So if you can sign somebody that can bring you extra competition, great. And we had no, we had nothing to lose in renewing Nelson's contract. We might sell him in a year's time for a, a significant amount of money. You know, we had nothing to lose. Same as Balogun. You know, we had nothing to lose in renewing Balogun's contract. We might make a really big amount of money from that. And it's the same thing when it comes to um, when it comes to Nelson. So, no, just because we signed his contract doesn't mean he has to be, you know, as good enough to be Saka's competition. It was a financial decision, I think, as well as it was a footballing decision at the same time. Um, Arnold says the referees in the Premier League are blatantly and obviously corrupt, allegedly, and I don't agree with it. Look at Barcelona's recent refereeing scandal. The Man City has 115 charges against them. You think uh, teams aren't seriously buying off the referees i mean show me the evidence and i'll believe you i always like to believe that i just don't think they're very good that's my ultimate assessment is i just don't think they're good enough but i absolutely empathize and understand when you see decisions like we saw against manchester united and wolves why that you would think that they are i I can't not convince people to not feel that way when you see decisions that are so blatant and obvious got wrong i personally just think they're bad I just think they're not good enough. And I think we should be bringing better officials into the league. They're not consistent enough. They're not good enough for the Premier League is is where I stand on that side of things. Uh, Nick says, what is going on with Gabriel? Drop for the first game. Then rumours of the Saudis being in for him. Surely he's still worthy of starts. I still feel the fan base underrates him. Yeah, it's, Arteta was just trying something different. You know, I think the system really works with Partey right back in that game. We dominated things. Yes, we need to create more high-profile chances. But no, I don't think there's any issue with Gabriel. I think Timber being out now means that he will start more. And just because a team are interested doesn't mean that there's a problem. You know, the Saudi Arabian sides are going after loads of players that you never thought would have left the Premier League for Saudi Arabia. So I don't think that is one and the same. Um, Mayor says, I think they panic, the referees, I assume that is, under the pressure. Maybe they do, but it's their job to not do that. Um so, yeah, uh, Adai says, Tom, if Reese isn't given a chance, how will he get better? This is my point. We're reducing his value just like we did, KT. I mean, he's not fit at the moment, is he, Adai? I don't think he's fit. So, if he's not fit to be in the squad yet, and I might be wrong, um, but I'm pretty sure that he's not back to full fitness. Let me have a quick check. Was he on the bench the other day? Boom, 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 boom. Let's have a quick look. Nottingham Forest. Did he go? Was he on the bench for that game? Uh, oh, he was on the bench. So bring him on, <laughs> use him, <laughs> play him. So there you go. Uh, he may not have been back to complete full fitness, but you got to remember that we had uh, Smith Rowe didn't come off the bench either. Vieira didn't come off the bench, and I think that the end of the game going to two one, um, two when it got to two one, you're in a situation there when it's a little bit panicky, isn't it? It's a little bit like. Uh, well, uh, if we bring on Reese now, and then it goes to two two, is taking off. Saka for Reese Nelson, the right decision. If we'd have gone to 2 2, I'd rather have had Saka on the field. If we'd have gone 3 0 up, then yeah, there's no excuse. Bring on Reese Nelson, you know. But I think in that moment when it went to 2 1, I don't think you were going to see him come off the bench. We only made three subs in that game. We should have made more. Nottingham Forest used all of theirs. We should have seen Smith Rowe come on. We probably should have seen Kivior come on at some point as well, adding to the defensive ability. We could have seen any of Jorginho Vieira or Nelson come on as well. I just wish Arteta was better at substitutions. Uh, That has always been the criticism I've had of him. There's very few, but that is the criticism that I've had. Anyway, we're going to round things off there. Uh, I am going to be live again in just 10 minutes' time. I'm going to be joining... uh, 
Uh, in fact, do you know what? There's something that we haven't done that I said I was staying live for uh, because Mikel Arteta's press conference is on right now, right in this very moment. So let's uh, let's get some comments, shall we, just before we wrap up. Um, on uh, Urian Timber's injury, Arteta said... Uh, AFC will assess what the options are following Timber's knee injury and says the club is open to reacting in the transfer market. So that's Arteta on what might happen in the uh, transfer market. Arteta on injuries. He says Zinchenko is training with us and hopefully he will be available very, very soon. Jesus is still unavailable, unfit, but the rest are all ready. So uh, again, very soon for Zinchenko, not fully back yet, which is... A real shame. On David Rayer, he says, we want two players in each position. We've seen what happened to Timber can happen to the goalkeepers as well. We have to be prepared and be proactive. So, you know, big signs there, it seems, that Arteta is looking to do business whilst, um, you know, whilst Timber is out. So that is very positive indeed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Go back and watch the press conference on the Arsenal way, of course. You can get all of the updates on London as well. I hope you have a fantastic Thursday. I'll see you again in 10 minutes over on DG's channel. So hop over to Deluded Guna. And uh, unless he's not doing it live, sometimes he doesn't do them live. I don't know. Maybe it's live. Maybe it's not. Maybe it'll go out later. Um, but I will be on DG's channel today. But have a great one. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.